Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We're just getting started. Nothing stops this train. Nothing. Get used to the mantra, all gas, no break, no break, no break. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. <laughs> They've dropped four of their last five after seemingly being in the driver's seat for the number one seed in the NFC are the Philadelphia Eagles toast before we even get to the postseason. Alongside Ian Fitzsimmons, I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. It is great to have you with us today. What do I make of this, Ian? What do I make of this? Because on one hand, we can have the momentum conversation. And in the analytics community, when you bring up the momentum conversation, a lot of people start to get a little fuzzy. Right. Like so many people out there believe that momentum is a thing. The analytics community does not, by and large, believe in momentum. Well, there's no there's there's no algorithm to measure momentum. Exactly. That's what drives me nuts during a game, especially the last two years where analytics has, I mean, forget crept in. I mean, damn near taken over, not just baseball. Right. But also the great game of football where you're at, you know, fourth and one on your minus 32 in the first quarter and you're going for it. Like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, and then you have a defensive struggle. And, but the analytics and that little sheet in front of a coach's hand or someone's in his ear saying, all right, yeah, you're fourth and three on, a, on the plus 47, uh, but it's a 17-17 game and you have a chance to pin a team deep or give them great field position, right? Well, to me, analytics has a place in sports, but there's also a feel and gut aspect to it. And I don't think enough coaches trust their gut in this day and age, and they just go with the analytics, Joe. And I'm, I'm curious to see if you agree or disagree with that, because to your point, yeah, analytics guys are going to go, oh, man, you, you, you don't rest. I mean, you got to play. You got to keep your – well, hold on a minute. That coach knows that team a hell of a lot better than any algorithm does, and you can't – there is no, again, algorithm for momentum either in a game or for a team or especially when rest might be needed. Well said. Well said. I, I believe a lot in the analytics. Um, I, I do believe, though, that the reality of it is analytics is very simply put. It's just additional information. That's what it is. You have a decision to make. Analytics can provide you with additional information. That information can help you make an informed decision. But it's not played out on a spreadsheet. And that's where the argument is. The analytics guys feel like they can't get their point across to the old guard. So as a result, the old guard are idiots. That's never going to be a good way to get your point across. And the old guard's not willing to take in new information because they're stuck in their ways and they don't want to hear about it from a bunch of nerds who are staring at a spreadsheet. The reality is there's both worlds living together. And that's what can lead to the best possible decision. You know, look at the San Francisco Giants in baseball as living proof of this. 
They got rid of a manager who managed with his gut, Bruce Bochy. That's what Bochy does. Bochy understands the pulse of his team, and he knows when to put when, when he knows when yep. to push the right buttons. He did it for three championship runs in San Francisco, and he just did it again with Texas. But they got rid of him because they wanted to go analytically driven from the top down, and they brought in Gabe Kapler, but he was really just kind of a puppet for the regime above to hand down the orders. And guess what? San Francisco doesn't even compete anymore because they're trying to out moneyball everyone. Well, every now and again, it's not just about brains; it's about brawn. Right. Some of that needs to be brought to the table as well. So that leads us back to the Philadelphia Eagles. Here's the most obvious analytic right now. Uh, They're losing. I don't need to know why. I know they're losing. They've dropped four or five. They've kissed goodbye every gift that Dallas has given them over the last month to go out there and take the division. The Niners losing to the Ravens give them a gift to go reclaim the one seed. They blow that. And they're not even losing to good teams anymore. Arizona. They're losing to teams like Arizona. We got Jerry Jones like uh, celebrating I mean, and, and admitting. Yes. Shocked that what happened in Philadelphia right against Arizona. We're giving gifts. We're handing out gifts right now. We had this scenario where we kept talking about, well, the schedule's just really tough right now. Yeah, that was legit until you lost to Arizona at home. And now there's a problem lurking. I don't know. Back to the momentum idea. Is it possible to turn this around in the playoffs and just become the team we remember? Or are the issues just that deep-rooted that these guys are looking at a one-and-done flameout? I think people are already forgetting what this team accomplished just one year ago. And in, in this particular group, they're not the same. And, and I, like, I, I like Brian Johnson, full disclaimer. I know I'm going back to his days as a player at the University of Utah, right? So, uh, and I know he's getting a lot of the blame as to what's going on with the offense right now. But this is one of those moments when it comes to Philadelphia and, and where Nick Sirianni is being questioned. And, you know, well, I know we'll touch on that in a moment. Like, you know, is, is he on a hot seat? How are you on a hot seat, in my opinion, if you're 11 and 5 coming off an NFC championship? And you're one sports play talk away. radio. That's that's how that's how you're on the hot I, I seat. Sports I, talk radio. I think it's social media. Everyone's on the hot seat for everything in this I mean, industry. Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Right. So, I mean, throw it all in there and in one big old pot of gumbo and you get Nick Sirianni. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Uh, but right now, I mean, he knows that team and he, I, I think he's a heck of a coach. And if he believes that he should rest guys, forget analytics. This to me is a gut call. And if you believe that to get some mojo back, you need to sit some dudes, then you do it. If you think that to get that that fire back and that momentum, you want to go play guys to get that stench of that Arizona loss off of you, then you play them. To me, this is a gut call for the Philadelphia coaching staff. For those who might think or might suggest that Sirianni's on the hot seat after appearing in a Super Bowl and winning 11 games this season, Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL insider, was on the John Kincaid show, 97.5 The Fanatic in Philadelphia. He was asked that question. He had this to say. Uh, I don't. Now, that doesn't mean that something couldn't happen, but I don't. And they've gone to the playoffs in three of three years. You're not firing a coach who's been to the playoffs every year. He's coached that team. Pretty well said from Schefter right there. Pretty well said. I think what what some people miss on the Philadelphia situation is that last year's run, it's not the norm. They caught every break you need to catch to compete for a Super Bowl. This isn't to say they were lucky, but Super Bowl teams, they all have something in common. They're generally the healthiest teams in the NFL. It's not the only factor, but teams that are ravaged by injuries, they don't go to the Super Bowl. Last year, Philadelphia benefited from A, the easiest schedule in the NFL, B, 
a very healthy football team throughout the course of the season, and then C, really good coordinators and coaches. This year, they don't necessarily have that. The schedule's much harder, okay? They're not as healthy. They're dealing with a lot of injuries, and they both lost both coordinators. We saw them last year, and we put them at a certain level. They were not as good as we saw last year, and especially on the defensive side of the ball. That was evident in the second half of the Super Bowl against Kansas City when they gave up scores on all four Kansas City second-half possessions. Four possessions, 24 total points. Absolutely pathetic. So this season comes around, and they're not living up to last year's moniker, last year's billing. Well, yeah, are you surprised? How are you going to replicate something like that? The the injury luck, the schedule, the coordinators, you're not going to be able to do it. You're and still a Super good Bowl this year. loss. A yeah. lot of people forget, Joe, that historically the, the, the team that loses the Super Bowl doesn't even get back to the playoffs. Yes. The next season. So – to be here with an 11-win team, you're going to the playoffs with all the injuries from the Kobe Dean with a list Frank injury right to his foot to Jalen Hurts being hobbled. We go on down the list, man. I mean, to, to think that Nick Sirianni is even being discussed, even being mentioned, even being a thought of, well, do you get rid of him? You're a football fool if you think that Sirianni should be blown up because of an 11-win season Uh, off the heels of a Super Bowl appearance. It makes no sense to me. Completely agree. I'd add that there's one thing he could do to help his cause. He doesn't seem to be handling the adversity very well. And, And I think that's what's fueling some of this. Mike Tomlin's dealt with a lot of adversity this year. Tomlin has handled it extraordinarily well. He's, he's been, been doing elite. it a lot longer. What's that? And he's, yeah, exactly. Sirianni at like every turn, he starts to get snippy with the media. He gets upset with some of the questions. You can tell he's frustrated. It's okay. It's a learning process. He's a younger head coach, but anyone can look good and sound good during the wins. Like anyone can do that. Like when you're on a run, uh, everyone's going to like you. You're going to be affable. You're going to be colorful. Like the Mike McDaniel thing in Miami. What's it going to look like when you're losing? How are you going to talk to the media? How are you going to address everybody? And he seems to be, you know, getting a little snippy with everyone. Not a big deal, but I'm saying that's one area where it could grow because that's the one thing I think people are latching on to, the way in which he's handling some of this now. He doesn't seem to be handling it as well as guys. Like we've seen from Kyle Shanahan, John Harbaugh, they've all been through it, and they just come out and they're still even keel, answering questions, moving on. They're not showing as much emotion. Maybe he's just an emotional guy. Yeah, but how much of that also comes with experience? Yeah, that's big. I mean, like you said, Tomlin's been through it. Harbaugh's been through it. Shanahan's been through a ton of it. He's the only coordinator in history to get thrown under the bus for a Super Bowl loss. Like, usually that's on the coach of the players. In this one rule, this one Super Bowl, the exception was we're going to take one coordinator and we're going to plow him under the bus for what happened in this game. I've never seen anything like that. I agree. All right. A.J. Brown agrees with us. Yeah. You know, yeah. Here's the Eagles wide receiver on Sirianni and the coaches. Like for the Seattle game, that was on us. Like we, we messed that up. We, we, we improvised and we went on our own and Nick came out and said, oh, I, I, I wanted to try to get a flag or something, something crazy like that. It's like he really made himself look, look like a fool for us. I have nothing but respect for him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because not all coaches do that. You know what I'm saying? So like, we ride with Nick. We ride with Brian. We just got to come out. We just got to play ball. That's A.J. Brown, Eagles that. wide receiver, defending his head coach and coaching staff. And, yeah, that's exactly what you want to hear this time of year if these guys are going to rally and try to find a way. National Championship, Monday night, ESPN. 
Blake Corum, All-American running back of the Michigan Wolverines. Guess what? You're going to hear from him next. Ian Fitzsimmons, Joe Fornball, Carlin vs. Joe, ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Big one in five days. Five days from now, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. It's Michigan. It's Washington. It's the college football national championship game. It'll be on ESPN and ABC. Coverage right here on ESPN Radio starts at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Big moment here on the show. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Ian, you've had the pleasure of getting to know our next guest. Joe, he's one of my favorite players in college football. We've gotten to know him over the last couple of years, and uh, he is just corn-fed. And he, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let Blake Corum, All-American running back, give you the two <laughs> words that define this young man. Blake Corum, thanks for joining us, as always, here on ESPN Radio. Give us those two words. What are they? You know, big country strong here. That's it. That's it, man. That's it. Look, you tear your knee up last year, and I, we're, I we're talking to you on the field before the TCU game, and I really thought you were going pro, and you decided to come back and make one more run. What has this journey been like for you personally going to the national championship? Uh, it's, been, it's been a wonderful journey, man. You know, at the beginning of this journey, when I did tear my knee up, I didn't uh, see the light at the end of the tunnel. But – uh you know, I stuck to the path. I stuck to what, you know, God was putting me through. And, and look, we're here now. I'm so blessed and uh, so thankful that, you know, we're, we're heading to the natty, man. It's, it's going to be a good one. What is it like when you are standing on the field at the Rose Bowl before the start of the game, you're listening to the national anthem, and you watched the stealth bomber fly overhead right before kickoff? That, that gave me chills. I, I've never seen a plane like that before. Um, and then, you know, you listen to the national anthem and, you know, you're getting ready for a game. And so many thoughts and emotions are going through your head and running through your body. And uh, it was a wonderful moment at the Rose Bowl. 
you know, the granddaddy of them all. And um, it, it was a wonderful feeling and experience that I'll never forget. So Ian and I were talking about this before the game. He said, there's one question you got to ask Blake when you have the opportunity to talk to him. You come across as such a grounded individual. It's very inspirational to the rest of us. How much of your upbringing contributed to that, to, to where you are today, to the success that you've had on the field? Uh, I would say all of it. You know, just the way my parents uh, raised me to be a stand-up man, a man that, you know, uh, has good character and treats everyone the same. Um, so, you know, just the way my parents raised me has created me into the man I am today on and off the field. And um, I'm blessed to have such a, such great parents. You know, let's go back to those first two words you mentioned, country strong, to piggyback off what Joe just mentioned. For people who don't understand, when you grow up on a farm, it's a different kind of, of strength. And, and you would go back to your dad's farm and work out in the off season in, in, in summertime. If you can, for anybody who doesn't understand what country strong means. And I, mean, I know we've talked about this before, but it's a new audience, Blake, coming into the national championship. Is it bailing hay? Are we going to talk about bailing oh, hay? Dude, it was so much more than that, man. <laughs> That's the worst. But alfalfa is the worst kind of bailing hay. I, I think it weighs about 100 pounds more than a normal bale. But, and, and, and Coram can, can, can relate to that. If you can, define country strong and what that means. You know, there's there's two types of strength I look at in this world, and there's country strong, and then there's weight room strength, right? You know, weight room strength is, is good strength, but everything weighs the same. You know, you get 45-pound dumbbells, it's 45 pounds. Well, you know, country strong, say you go pick up a log, you know, it's going to be uneven. The, the bottom might be heavier than the top, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a different type of strength. It strengthens your hands, your forearms. Um, you know, it just strengthens the body. You know what I'm saying? Cutting wood. You know, talk about hay, bailing hay. You know, you, you name it. You know, country strong, that's real strength. Weight room strong, it, it's good to have that too, but uh, there, there's a big difference. As you're running into the end zone, Blake Corum, Michigan running back, joining us here, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. As you're running into the end zone in overtime against Alabama, what's going through your mind just as you cross that goal line? We won. <laughs> that's, that's what that's what uh that's what crossed my mind because i know we have the best defense in the nation and uh as soon as uh you know i spun around when, when dude tried taking me down and when we fell into the end zone i'm like oh that's game that's game and uh i knew it i knew if we just had the opportunity to go into overtime uh we were going to be able to pull that thing off uh, just because of the momentum we had and the type of team we are and we were able to get the job done you did. And that's a bold statement. That's confidence in, in, in a complete team. Blake Corm, All-American running back from Michigan here with us on ESPN Radio. You were a player-led bunch. And the last time I saw you in person was against Minnesota. And you told me on the field then that this is a different type team. And when you really look at the roster, I mean, it's a lot of, you know, seniors, a lot of juniors, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of grad students. If you can define what player-led means to this particular bunch that has helped you get to the natty. You know, when it comes to this team, and this is a player-led team, what player-led means to us is we don't need coaches to tell us what to do, to go and put in extra work. We don't need coaches to tell us to watch film. We don't need coaches to, you know, like motivate us to do the right things on and off the field and things as such. We're we're player-led. We're self-motivated. We know what we want, and what we want we go and get. And uh, we know it takes a lot of work and time and effort, and we're all willing to put that in. And um, that's what I love about this team because we are a player-led team. You know, the coaches, we have great coaches, and, and they they help us out tremendously. But 
this team, we don't we don't need that extra push because we, we know what we want uh, at the end of the day. You know, throughout the course of the season, you guys have had a lot to work through. It's one thing to deal with a Penn State and Ohio State, then go to the playoff. Like, that's already enough on your plate, considering where you guys are at. But you had a lot going on off the field with the sign stealing and, and everything, the Big Ten and the NCAA weighing in. And then on top of that, you now have the rumors that are swirling as to the future of head coach Jim Harbaugh. What do you guys do to just stay focused on the task at hand? Uh, we just we just stay on task. You know, we don't let uh, things get to us. We don't care, you know, what, you know, social media may say or portray. Um, we just stick to the goal. You know, we stay where our feet are. We know what the end goal is, and we go chase it. And we don't stop until we get it. And, um, you know, that's what's special about this team because, you know, we have been through a lot this year. You know, not only playing, you know, against tough uh, tough teams, and especially tough defenses, but, uh, we've gone through things with, you know, Coach Harbaugh being suspended for six games and losing, you know, assistant coaches and all of this and that, you know, always on ESPN for the wrong reasons. And, you know what I'm saying, it just, it's, it's been a lot. But uh, we stood tall through the storm. Um, and, we, and we realized, you know, we are the storm. And, uh, you know, now we're just getting ready for Monday. You know, what, what can people say now? You know, they, can, they can't say nothing. We're going to the natty. Um I mean, we, we have a good team, and I love the team, man. As far as your your head coach, if you can, sum up what it's like to play for Jim Harbaugh, the person and the coach. It's great playing for Coach Harbaugh. Just his enthusiasm, his presence, his IQ for the game, his love for the game. Uh, he's a player's coach, um, someone that loves his players, someone that gets you ready you know, for any type of situation that may go on in that game so you're prepared. Um, he's, he's just a, a great human being. You know, he, he does a lot of things off the field. You know, he's just a kind and generous man. And, uh, you know, I, I've enjoyed uh, playing for Coach Harbaugh my four years. I, I've literally loved it. So a lot of people may say negative things about Coach, but uh, I, I love Coach. Well, I love the fact that you came back for for one more run, and here you are, and it paid off, man. You took a gamble, and uh, you, you increased your draft stock, and here you are for the national championship. We will see you down in Houston. Blake Corum, running back, Michigan, thank you so much for your time here on ESPN Radio. Congratulations on a heck of a run. Thank you, Blake. Nah, thank you both so much. Hell of a player. Great guy. Hell of a performance in the semifinal. Big things to come for a guy like that moving forward. Blake Corum. All-American running back, University of Michigan. Speaking of Michigan, now that we got Ian Fitzsimmons on the show, what, and we got to get his opinion on this, what's the future hold for Jim Harbaugh? We've been asking everybody, percentage chance he returns to Michigan. Carlin had it at 15% yesterday. What's Ian got it at? That's coming up next after I have this to tell you about Vivid Seats. Check off that New Year's bucket list with tickets from Vivid Seats, your home for every tackle, slap shot, and slam dunk. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards you earn with every purchase, from tip-off to final buzzer, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the 2024 games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think the game that they want puts Harbaugh closer to leaving Michigan. I believe that the NFL will help dictate or determine whether or not he goes. If there's a team out there that really wants him, that makes a really compelling offer, my sense is that he would be interested absolutely in listening and entertaining that offer. He did what he set out to do. Beat Ohio State three straight years. He just beat Alabama. I think he'll feel like he can walk away and say, I did the job I came here to do. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Michigan finds itself as a five-point favorite for Monday's showdown in the national championship against Washington. Mm. That's at ESPN Bet. You can check it out there. Coverage is going to begin here on ESPN Radio at 6.30, game 7.30, ESPN. And I'm just... A quick lean there. What, what's your what's your gut tell you on just you know that that initial number? Now I can't pick it obviously because I'm part of the broadcast with no. Tom McDonough and Greg McElroy and Chris Budden on here on radio. No, of course not. But I mean five, Washington an underdog again. And you talk to Roma Dunze, you talk to Michael Penix Jr., you talk to anybody on that Husky squad. They know it, they see it, and they've embraced it. I mean, in in previous games coming up to this one. So when you saw that initial number, what was your reaction? Okay, I'm going to answer that in a second because I want to run something by you. College Football Live is on right now. I got it on in the studio. And I hadn't even thought about this until this point. But Kelsey Riggs is checking in with a reporter who's in Washington. And a a graphic, yeah, it's Chris. Okay, yeah. yeah. I got a glare in here. I'm looking over my shoulder. It's a whole thing. I apologize. (laughs) I actually just met her recently, too. She's a hell of a person. Hell of a person. Great reporter. Um. It flashed Washington's schedule. So Monday night, Washington plays late into the New Orleans evening. Then they fly all the way back to the Pacific Northwest, where they're going to practice on Wednesday and Thursday, and then get on a plane and fly all the way back to Texas. I need to account for this, do I not? If and I thought about that after talking to, you know, Coach DeBoer post game. And I felt like actually grabbing him before they went off to the podium and going, Hey man, you going back to Seattle? And obviously they did, but I know where you're going, and that's where my mind went also when I was walking off the field knowing my travel schedule, Yeah, which is a hell of a lot easier than theirs. And you've been complaining all day about it. Shut up. You don't have to do anything. It's a privilege. You eat in a hotel, you sleep in a bed, it's like nothing. Gain 15 pounds. Right. But anyway, (laughs) would you have gone straight to Houston? And then you're staying not in your bed, right, for a couple of nights, but me, 
for people who have never flown from like a Dallas or a Houston out to Seattle, that ain't easy. Yeah, but I that's... Mean, that's a long, long, long trip. So to answer your question before you answer mine, yeah, yeah, you do have to account for that because that's... that is not easy to go all the way back and then come all the way back yet again over two time zones. And I mean, Michigan's going all the way back from California, so it affects them a little bit, but it's an easier flight down to New Orleans. The one thing, if you know what, though, it would have been an all-time move by Washington, the Vikings burning the ships, right? We don't have a return flight schedule, gentlemen. We're in New Orleans. We're going right to Houston. <laughs> we're going to Houston. Like, yeah, the Vikings <laughs> showing up in North America burning the ships. We got no option but to figure it out. That would have been an all-time move. You know what? Because of that, I'm laying the five with Michigan. They should have. They should have wow. not traveled. No, I'm kidding. I lean to uh, right now. I haven't done anything yet because everyone I talk to, I haven't talked to anyone who's staked a position yet. I know some people who jumped on Michigan right away at three and a half because they knew the number was going up, and it did. So they got the best of it. But you wonder: Is it going to continue to go higher? Is there going to be Michigan money that pushes this thing up to six, six and a half, and then you're going to see those guys come back the other way and then try to trap it? Michigan wins by four. You win both bets, right? Right in the middle. The old middle, as we say. I lean to Washington right now. Number one, you don't bet a dog because you think they can keep it close. You bet a dog because you think they can win. And number two, I, I can you protect? Because if you can protect Michael Penix, you're going to score points. And who Man. did we ask that to Look. yesterday? We asked someone yesterday, uh, Saturday. Because Saturday asked me what I thought. And I go, Saturday, can, can Washington protect Michael Penix? And he goes, yeah, I think they can, definitely. I go, then I want Washington because they'll be able to score. This is the most underrated aspect of this Husky team. And a lot of people don't realize this. The Joe Moore Award is, goes to the best offensive line in all of college football. Mm-hmm. You know who won the Joe Moore? Washington. Washington. That's big. Their left tackle, Trey Fautanu, is going to play for over a decade in the NFL. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. They're going to move him inside to guard because his arms aren't very long. And that goes to measurables and all that kind of stuff, which I hate. But this dude is nasty. I mean, Parker Bracefield at center is nasty, and he's young. He's a redshirt freshman, and he doesn't have a lot of ham in his hawks there, man. I mean, we're talking 6'2", like 275, 280, but he plays mean. And they handled that defensive front for Texas with Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat, Ethan Burke, you know, Baron Sorrell. I mean, Murphy and Sweat, that's the best tandem of defensive tackles we have seen in a long, long time time and Washington was able to keep those monsters off of Michael Penix Jr. So to answer your question, can they protect him in this game? Hell yeah. Carlin versus Joe presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. To the other side with Michigan, we were talking about this yesterday. This is why I'm thrilled you're on the show today because I want your opinion on this. You're as close to college football as anyone at this company. A lot of speculation about the har- the future of Jim Harbaugh. If they win, does he leave? If they lose, does he leave? Carlin yesterday put it at 15% that Harbaugh is back with the Wolverines next season. What percentage do you put it at? Five. Five, even less. Does the win or I mean, loss I mean, matter? Being, I think I'm being generous there also. I mean, the only reason I have it at 5% is 10 years and $130 million. Yeah. Uh, but and you're a, a god. You become a god in that town. If you win. But you also have the no NFL clause in that contract that Michigan has put in. And I think a lot of people forget that part. So, and you have the NCAA also bearing down, still investigating. Uh, He missed half the year this year. He missed six games as as a head coach. 
And they still found ways to win. And going back to our conversation with Blake Corum, for people just tuning in, Blake Corum, the All-American running back from Michigan, just joined us, and he talked about how player-led they are. And they are, man. I mean, go yep. look, at, look at their roster. I mean, across the board on the offensive line, they're all seniors or fifth years. They're going to have seven offensive linemen drafted. Two backups are going to be drafted. Whew. They're going to have close to 20 players, man. I mean, and they're, the, most of them are all juniors, seniors, or grad students. So having said all of that, you're going to lose all of that, right? You don't think Harbaugh has is, is got that in his mind as well? And with the NCAA bearing down for multiple you know, incidents, not just Connor Stallions, right, but the COVID stuff, or where they were you know, allegedly recruiting, which, by the way, most colleges were doing, uh, during COVID and having got players on campus, and then the FBI investigation as well. We forget about that going on. It's a lengthy list. Yeah, why the hell wouldn't you go (laughs) if the Chargers call? Hell yes, man. I mean, you're gone. So having said all of it, the only reason I have it at 5% is 10 years, 130 plus. That's it. Do you think the win or the loss on Monday, uh, one carries more weight than the other? No, he's flirted with the NFL for a while. Same thing either way. Yeah. And and again, we're a reminder to anybody who doesn't realize this. There's a lot of talk about the Chicago Bears. Well, one, Eberflus, he's got this team playing a lot better, right? So I don't think it's a given he's gone. But if he were to get blown up, the team president there at Chicago is a man named Kevin Warren. (laughs) It's a former Big Ten commissioner. And let's just say that Warren and Harbaugh didn't exactly see eye to eye, to put it kindly. (laughs) I don't see those two coming together in Chicago, one would have to go. And that means, you know, would ownership blow up Kevin Warren, whom you just hired a year ago, to get Harbaugh? I don't know if that happens, Joe. But Classic Chicago. Classic right. Chicago to find itself. They're out of this Harbaugh sweepstakes before it even begins. Like, that. that is Bears football in a nutshell. Hey, are you guys interested in Harbaugh? Doesn't matter. We don't even have a chance because of previous decisions. <laughs> Unbelievable. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Hey, Ian- and, he an, and he hired an agent. I mean, forget we, we forgot yeah, to mention that. Don Yee, who represents Tom Brady and Sean Payton. Yeah. He's never had an agent before. That also tells me he's got one foot out the door, win or lose, to the NFL. Big move right there. Ian needs some help translating a recent interview he had with an Oscar winner. <laughs> that You heard that correctly. Had an interview with an Oscar winner, but we've got some issues with the translation and we might turn it over to you. That's coming up next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's Knows Pros. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. young kids you're just thinking about cars right now right i'm looking at two guys in the back who don't ian do you associate this song with cars no 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 i do you do you don't have kids do. hand man i know but i was a 
Was I a kid? I was like 10 when this came out, or Cars came out. Cars came out that long ago? Hold on, is this the original or is this a remake from Rascal, Rascal Flatts? Flats remake. Yes, yep. the original, with this, the, the original song reminds me, 1992, Bill Walsh, college football, Sega PlayStation came out, and it added like two years of college to my life, because I was in Scott Birdcheck's apartment, yeah. wagering my face off on, you know, playing Bill Walsh, college football. And this song was always blaring in the background. So there you go. <laughs> Ian Fitzsimmons, Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. It's great to have you with us today. National Championship, Michigan, Washington, Monday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. Coverage also begins 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. In order to get to the National Championship, you needed to win in the semifinals on Monday. In the Rose Bowl, Michigan took care of their business against Alabama in overtime. It was a thriller. In the Sugar Bowl, another thriller that came down to the final play of the game, Washington upsets Texas. Ian Fitzsimmons, you were at that game. You had a very, very special interview on the sidelines during that game, but yet there was an issue with the interview in terms of just being able to comprehend. Like, what, what's going on here? I wouldn't here? say issue. Okay. I, I would say it, it's, it's entertaining, and there was some translation that, that needed to be – involved here right and it's matthew mcconaughey who's awesome oh i mean mcconaughey is one of the most more genuine people you're ever going to meet huge the, texas fan the first time i met him it was 2002 and i'm doing the show with kirk curb street in columbus ohio and my, uh, columbus uh, you know in, in columbus ohio and ohio state's playing miami in the natty and so we had mcconaughey on he was going to the game we got him sideline passes. Kirk did. But for some reason, he also associates me with that. So I get a little credit for it. So 21 years later, You're he's telling still... me, wait a minute, wait a minute. McConaughey recognizes you. Yeah, only because of that. But, but every he... time I call a Texas game, it's, it's man, it, can I get a few minutes? Absolutely. But Let's he go. recognizes you. McConaughey is walking down the street. I don't know about it. He down sees the street. Ian oh, Fitzsimmons. No. He recognizes Ian Fitzsimmons. No, no. I would not go that far. Does he know you exist? On a sideline for a college football game, yes. Okay, got it. On the street, no. Okay. I'm, that's, but he is. Just trying and, to gauge, just trying to gauge where we are with the relationship. Yeah, anytime we, we I mean, I, I walk up to him at a game. I mean, it's, when do you need me? I'm, if I'm down here, I'm, I'm, we're good to go. So it's the, toward the end of the third quarter, it's a 10-point game, 31-21, about, Four minutes to go in the third. Texas is still alive. So and, but, so to avoid going negative, right? Like you're down 10, blah, blah, blah. I don't go there. I ask this question, and here is a very entertaining and remarkable answer from a diehard Longhorn fan in Matthew McConaughey. Here we go. Matthew, what is it about a great game of college football that you love so much? <laughs> uh, I mean, look, it's the front porch game sport in America. And uh, you got everybody's got to go play their best individual game. Still, it's a team sport. Everyone's got a position. Put it like some great coach do. Everyone's got a job to do. It's a great balance of you got to be committed upstairs. You got to be committed in spirit, and you got to be committed between the legs of what you do out there in your commitment of the game. It's not a contact sport. It's a it's a collision sport. But you got to be smart about it too. It's a great combination when all those three three things are balanced. That's when you see great teams play great and win. Good God, he got everything in. He got literally everything in in that answer. That might be the single greatest answer to a question ever. I mean. He got everything. So in the moment, I'm sitting there going, wait, did he just go mind, heart, 
and cojones on live radio right there. He did. Now the first and the first part, front porch game. I'm country. I mean, I grew up on a third bed horse farm in Louisiana. I live in Texas. The front porch game part, Sam Pierce and I and 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 and, and E, Eric Hammond, we, we were trying to figure that out earlier. So you play that one more time. And Joe, you translate. Well, are we sure that's what he's saying and we're trying to understand what one that means? Or could it be something else? Here we go. Matthew, what is it about a great game of college football that you love so much? <laughs> uh, I mean, look, it's the front porch game sport in America. First of all, what a question. What do you love about this game so much? I'd be like, you know what? Beat it. I got a fourth quarter coming up. Get out of here. I think he meant front porch, <laughs> like, sport, but he said game, hey, and he missed, and he tried wh- to correct himself. Why do, I, why do I talk to this overweight bearded dude in this suit? So right? It's like, all right, I mean, I'll do an interview. Like, what is right, it that right, you right, love right. about making movies? That's like that question at the end of Almost Famous. Russell, what do you love about music? For starters, it's, but it's an open-ended question, right? His team's down 10. He's, he's no, still it's a smart to do It's a smart interview. political play because you don't want to come in and be like, Matthew, it looks like it's over. What do you right. do after this? Do you go cry? Do you make a movie? Days and Confused sequel? What do we got? But then it led to Mind, Heart, Stones. Yeah. <laughs> live. All right, all right, all right, all right. right there. I mean, that's everything, right? You, Mind, and, heart, and, stones. If you don't if, if you have all three of those things, you're, aligned, you're winning championships. Said, gotta be aligned. Yeah, gotta be aligned with mine. Front porch game. So like you're sitting out on the take take me through. If you're in the south, what does sitting on the front porch mean to you? Well, that's when you just your you know, your work day is done. because uh, we used to do it, you know, growing up on Top Talk Farm. So your your work's done, you're in the rocking chair, right? And you're grabbing a cold beer, and, and that's the day. It's over. It's you're watching the storm roll in? Yeah, I mean, that's it. You're finished. You're watching the horses run, and you're good to go. Okay. So just the, the... The big part was the mind, the spirit, and, and between the legs. All right, all right, all and right. The best is he gestures, right? Like we're sitting there oh, he actually God. does the... Ge- he shows you. I love him. I mean, he, every time I get a Texas game, I'm praying he's going to be there. because you, And then he talks about his jacket, Rusty. So Rusty is his lucky charm. His jacket has a name? Rusty. And in Georgia, the last time I saw him was Georgia, Texas, in the Sugar Bowl. And he refused to talk about how Texas is back until they're contending for a national championship. Okay. And then at the, my last question was like, man, this jacket. He goes, let me tell you about this jacket. And he gets all excited. <laughs> it was, I'm coming back from working here, you know, filming a shoot in London. And it's in, I can't find the damn thing. And it's in the back of the back of the back of some box. And, but I finally found him. And he was with me in 05 when we won it all. And he's here with me tonight. And Rusty, and then there's only one guy that's got Rusty. And he's on my shoulders. And that's why we're Longhorns. And he was wearing Rusty again two nights ago. Rusty has now lost his first big game. But that's the brilliance of McConaughey, where he can weave a story in about a piece of clothing, right? And make it interesting. I love the guy. He's awesome. People... People will 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 look at someone like that and they're like, man, I I'd love his life. I'd love his life because it's it's so much money. He's genuine. The good looks, the women, the fame. I, I it's none of that for me. I would want to be him simply because he could have said anything in that radio interview, and no one was going to do anything to stop it. That's huh. what I want. I want that kind of juice. I want to be able to watch you walk up to me, ask me for an interview. Me say yes, me say literally anything I want and know that no one is going to do a damn thing about it. 
That's the juice that Joe Fortenball craves. I don't want the money. I don't want the looks. I don't want the fame. I want that juice to say that on on air, and then people you, are di- dissecting you want it. The ability to say, you know what? It's all about mind, spirit, and stones. Yeah. All right, all right, <laughs> and then a couple meatheads five days later are going to be on air breaking it down in a nationally t- aired radio segment. Like trying to make sense of what it means. And speaking of professional radio people that we are, mind, heart, cojones. Do the Bills have it to beat the Dolphins on Sunday? Crazy things happen. That's it. I'm walking off. That's a professional segue right there, man. Crazy things happen to the Bills in Miami. stuff right there. Miami's minus three. Excuse me. Bills minus three. Bills laying three on the road. Woo, baby. We wrote this team off for dead. A lot of this has to be the regard of the Dolphins are in the playoffs no matter what. Mind, spirit, between the legs. Give me the Bills. Give me the Bills. It's the MSBL. Mind, spirit, between the legs. MSBL lock of the week. Bills minus three on the road at Miami. All right. We have about 30 (laughs) seconds here, guys. He said it wasn't a contact sport. It's a collision sport. I've I've been hung up on this. Do you? I've heard that before. That's not the first time someone said that, right? Contact is like, we're not making contact. We're colliding. We're colliding. Violent. Okay. Yeah. I got you up, update. You guys ever heard full that interview? There's no, even more the you can unpack. Here. There's a lot more there you can unpack in two minutes and two seconds with McConaughey. I don't have enough time in my life to be able to unpack <laughs> any more of that interview. All right. All right. Excellent work by everyone. Excellent work. Liar. McConaughey, the Bills. You're not going to find that anywhere else. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fordball. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern. All right, all right, all right. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast.